This is the beautiful game described by two ugly gentlemen. Glory to Columbus! Who are probably sitting at a soccer bar near you. McBride's in the box, a hard cross, McBride scores! It's 3-0, United States! Welcome to Bone and Bean United. Soccer Podcast Day. What is up? I am Bone. And I am Beam. Plenty to get into this week on the pod, on the radio show. If you're listening to us over the weekend on the fan, thank you for doing that. We are a podcast that comes out every week, usually on Thursdays. You can find it at wherever you get your podcast, just Bone and Beam United. Search for that. Drop us a review, too. Yeah, reviews are good. We like reviews. We like uh, follows and subscriptions. If people do that to the podcast, that helps you get it every week before it airs. And then also, you know, if you want to send us like a nice message on Twitter, you can do that at bone beam United or send us whatever, a picture of your junk. I don't know. Whatever you, whatever you're feeling led to do, whatever you got to do. Boy, am I in for a surprise when I open our DMS? Well, on the, uh, on the show that I do from three to six, common man and T-bone, we have a burner phone that has a text and it's just for text. And so we give that number out on the show and people text us on the burner phone. And sometimes you guys are sick. Sometimes you get some crazy stuff on that. You burner guys phone. You just are instantly sick. delete and move along. Wait a minute. But, Why do I know this number for some reason? <laughs> Why does this look like mine? <laughs> oh, I did this last night to myself. Oh, yeah, that's, that's good. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Uh, so we got plenty to get to champions league. Of course, <laughs> the first legs of the semifinal are in the books. We'll discuss that. Premier League, we're getting close to the decision day. We're getting close to all the goodness at the end of the season. And there's a little bit of discussion about championship soccer as well because Sunderland, baby. We're back. We're back, baby. Not quite. We're in the playoff. We're in the playoff. We're in the playoff. We did it. We didn't get relegated back to the third division, so that's good. And, uh, yeah, so we have updates on that and a story about women's soccer that I find to be astounding. All that coming up on the show today. Beam your week. How's it been? Oh, it's been good. Yeah, been good, man. Can't complain really at all. Um, you know, I, I'm a man that likes soccer, and I also like golf and got to play really cool media round uh, over at Muirfield Village, which we got the Memorial Tournament coming up, so I was super pumped about that. I'm sure you've heard a lot in the afternoon, so working with one uh, Timmy Hall, so mm-hmm. I will save you from all the details uh, on that, but everything is pretty good, man. Can't complain uh, at all. It's been a really, really fun week. Been pretty solid, so uh, nothing at all. It's been it's, – it's good – I feel like when everything is quiet for me now yeah. uh, and it's been a pretty quiet week, everything has been run of the mill. Everything has been pretty routine. So, you know, we have uh, the biggest thing, I guess, in our, our life. One is the child, you know, our child, he's two months old. And this morning, which would have been Thursday morning, I get up for work early. Like it's like four o'clock in the morning and I'm getting up for work. And uh, young Billy is hungry and he's screaming and Meredith's feeding him and, uh, everything. So we have a hatch machine, which is like a white noise. Oh, sure. It's like a white yeah. noise machine. And right. you plug the base into the wall outlet and then this noise machine. And it also, you can control it on your phone. It's got lights and it's got all different kinds of sounds. Right. And, and then you could just put it on top of the base and the base will charge it. So you can take it up and it's got like an eight hour battery life, uh, which is attached to it. And this morning I, I walk out and Meredith's feeding the baby and I'm like, Hey, what's, what's going on? And, you know, She's like, the hatch machine isn't working. I'm like, that makes sense why it's really dark in here because usually we got like a little like blue or red light on uh, for Willie. And I'm like, I don't don't know what's wrong with this thing. So we like plug the actual like hatch machine into the plug like from the wall. I'm like, that's working. The base doesn't seem to be 
functional at this moment. It's again, it's super dark in the room. Like I don't even know where I'm at right now. It's four o'clock in the morning. I'm just getting up, stumbling around. Groggy. Yeah, yeah. Of course. I'm like, oh, I'll look at it after I get home from work. I can't fix this right now. And then I get a text when I'm on my way in from work. I got the got the got the base working. I'm like, how? How did you do that? She goes, we had it upside down. <laughs> it was just <laughs> it was just flipped the yeah. other way, and that's where both of us are at mentally. Like yeah. just having it one. One side down to one side up, we couldn't even comprehend that. Mm. Yeah, I that's that's a thing. That's a real thing when you have the uh, the young ch- children at home. Brain fog becomes an issue. Oh, yeah. So, good luck with all that. It was super foggy. You're used to brain fog, but it's usually alcohol induced. So uh, yeah. this one is now formula induced. Yeah, which is I, very think, different. I think it's just all induced, <laughs> all inducing. <laughs> exactly right. How's your week been? Ah, it's been good. We I got through uh, 17 recitals over I the saw last you weekend. Live, so live tweeting that bad boy. Yeah, it's uh, three hours to watch your kid do six minutes of thing. And, and by the way, this is great. All the performances are awesome. If your kids were in the recital, I don't hate your kid. I don't hate any of these kids. It was just a lot of time. I just wish it would have been like, hey, Sounds here's like a baseball game. Here's your kids group and like three other groups. And they're going to do seven dances. And then we're out the door in an hour. Perfect. Instead, here's every kid in the city of Marysville dancing for you. <laughs> you want an Irish jig? You want ballet? You want interpretive? We got it all, baby. We're all here. So that was... It was just a little long, but otherwise, loved it. Great dance studio, and my oldest is now becoming like a full-blown woman in the sense that yeah. I'm driving her over there. I'm sitting at a stoplight, and I look over, and she's got the mirror flipped down. She's doing her makeup and like touching up, and I'm oh, just so like, she's like she looks, self-contained. Now. I took a picture of her because it was like she she's like a shorter version of like how my wife looks to a degree mm-hmm. when she's getting herself ready in the mirror as we're going somewhere or whatever. And it was like I'm not. Not ready for when did that happen? teenage years yet. Yeah. I uh, These are still little kids to me, and now they're starting to become teenagers and all that stuff. So life comes at you fast, buddy. That's what I'll say. Enjoy the uh, flipped upside down bass on your mobile noise machine. I or can't whatever. wait until he can drive me around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're a few years away from having a designated driver, and I can't wait. <laughs> so good. All right. Uh, the crew did something that they don't often do in the Open Cup, and that is, win- or, yeah, U.S. Open Cup. Winning a second round game or whatever round we're in, the round where they step in, usually the first game they win, the second round game, that's where they lose. Round of 64, they get entered. Yeah. Round of 64, round of 32, they usually get bounced. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, they played Loudoun City or whatever they are. The Loudoun Town. Loudoun Town, Luton Town. Not Luton Town. No, a whole different. different. That's, we're not cheering for Luton Town, but we'll get oh, there eventually. No, we are not. Not at all. Well, but, you are. I, I kind of am. Oh, you, you shut your mouth. No. Not at all. <laughs> no, but Loudon, uh, they were the team the crew draw in the Open Cup, and that was fortuitous. I think that's a USL side or whatever we're calling that now. It's basically DC United's second tier team, more or less. It's like their crew too, as far as I understand it. So they're playing some guys who aren't necessarily playing at the top of their game at yeah. all times, but the crew win this game five to one. Pretty nice ability for them to get that job done. And nice to see them score some goals, which yep. much needed there. So, yeah, this is, uh, this is a positive for the crew. I saw uh, one of the crew fans, Darby, who often is a good follow on Twitter. Uh, he, had, he had a tweet yesterday that was saying, if you haven't ever watched the crew in the second round U.S. Open Cup game, here's what's going to happen. Uh, Loudon's going to have... 11 goalkeepers on the field. <laughs> they'll have 4% possession and, and they'll beat the crew one nothing on a stupid, 
you know, set piece or something. It's like when Celtic beat Barcelona all those years yeah. ago when it was like 91 to percent possession to nine and right. Celtic won one nil. Yeah, right. That's happened to the crew plenty of times <laughs> in the Open Cup. So it was good to see the crew just come out early and hammer them. And my buddy Thomas was texting me and said, is this like first to 10? Is this a different game that they're playing? And I was like, no. We're this playing is, post. This is amazing. I love it. So uh, uh, We also got a tweet, too, uh, from the Olentangy Braves. Their soccer account said, Loudoun United's head coach is the son of Ohio Wesleyan's Jay Martin, the all-time NCAA leader in men's soccer. Leader uh, in what? Wins. All-time oh, wins, oh, wins leader. leader. Oh, yeah. I didn't So he's know the that. son of the Ohio Wesleyan coach, and uh, there was a great video that Loudon posted, and nobody is going to know this other than you and maybe some of you listening, uh, but one of our salespeople played soccer at Ohio Wesleyan, and they had a hype video, Loudon did, and it showed him playing at OWU, and one fresh, starry-eyed 19-year-old Jeff Pavolino made an appearance, and it was awesome. Really? Yeah, it's oh, pretty good. Oh, that's great. I need to see that video. Yeah, our sales guy, Jeff, who has uh, yeah, done a lot of good stuff for us on this show and helped out a lot of things, but... Yeah, Jeff is uh yeah, big soccer guy. One of the only people I could talk crew soccer with. Me for too. Many he, years. And he's a he's a Manchester United fan as well. Jeff, big crew fan, big Manchester United fan. Him and I our worlds uh collide there pretty good. And every time I see him, he's like, I don't understand what's going on with United. And he's like back to coaching ninety different baseball games that I got going on. But yes, yeah. it was it was very so there was a central Ohio tie in last night. Yeah, that's great. And uh by the way, if you're wondering, crew had sixty seven percent possession that's on good. the night, twenty shots to five. Ooh. Uh, eight shots on goal to three, and uh, yeah, the Loudon added a. They added, I think, a goal there, kind of later on in the proceedings. What, eighty-six minute? I saw that Morgan Hughes tweeted this out that the crew have not won two games in a U.S. Open Cup since two thousand and ten. Sounds about right. So it's been thirteen years since we've seen two wins in this competition. So now they're yeah. into the round of sixteen. Now we're getting into some. Now it'll be mostly MLS teams yeah. there, and that's fun. Who did we get um, knocked out by last year? Was it Detroit? Yeah, Detroit that, was the, that was the one where fans traveled up to Detroit and then no crew players volunteered to pay for their uh, trip back. <laughs> Sorry, every time now someone goes up to, on the road and then loses, I expect the Tottenham approach yeah. now. Retroactively, <laughs> even to things before that even happened, where like all the players pull their money and are like, we should pay for the fans. How dare we lose in front of them? But yeah, so that was nice to see the crew getting the job done there. I don't have in front of me. Do we know yet? Are they? Do they no, have to redraw? They, they have a redraw. Okay. Well, you may know by the time you listen to this. If you do, I'm sorry we're dumb. Uh, but at either case, good for the crew. We'll find out the next one. Bone, on- of course we're dumb. I thought this game was happening last week. <laughs> don't was, expect us to get things right on this show. I was going to say, are you glad now after your week-long build-up to this game? Did you finally get the uh, excitement you were looking for oh, watching yeah. this game? Tons. Yeah. So I... I'll be 100% transparent with you. I did not watch the game last night. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> I was, I forget what I was doing hanging around the house, but neighbor Eric was watching the game and I had my windows open and I was running around the house doing things. So whenever the crew scored, he was outside on his little back patio and he was going nuts. So I could tell that they it was going pretty pretty decently for, yeah. the, for us. I did see highlights of this. Yo-Yo Boa got the scoring started in the sixth minute and then uh Loudon, Luden, Loudon, whatever their name is, they had uh, a dog. So I believe that uh, the uh, there was a red card in the tenth minute for professional foul, last man, which is either a professional foul where the guy was the last man and ripped down a crew player who yep. was going to probably score a goal, or it was a professional foul of forcing someone to watch Last Man on Earth, a sitcom <laughs> from Fox. I don't know. 
Have you ever watched that? No, I actually heard it was pretty good. It was okay. I watched the first season. I was minorly uncomfortable, but oh, okay. It was well, okay. That's, I think that's that was the goal. Was it William H Macy who does that? No, it was that dude from SNL. Oh, Will. Um, Will Forte. Will Forte. It was a Will somebody. Yeah. There's a lot of Will Wills. Forte. Good. By the way, the draw. There's... The draw is today. Oh, okay. So we'll know. You'll know by the time you hear this. We don't know it yet, yeah. but uh, I'm sure it'll be a great draw and it'll be a lot of fun. By the way, there's too many Wills in the world. If people would stop naming their kids William or Will, it'd yeah, be I agree. Crazy. Whoever does that <laughs> psychotic behavior. By the way, I did see this as well as I'm doing prep during the show, which is always that's uh, how a we good roll. Thing to do. Yeah, that's how we roll. Of course, so the draw today just found that out, uh, and then I guess in the northeast quadrant, which the crew are in, uh, your opponents, which you would be matched up with, and again, I don't even know why I'm saying this because you're gonna know the draw. You'll know, but just for us to know. FC Cincinnati, Red Bulls, or the Riverhounds. Uh, so oh, you have another another USL Pits- team. In Pittsburgh there. Riverhounds. Correct. Let's go. Pittsburgh. So those are the three opponents that you will face here in the draw, which again is happening today. You already know this because we're stupid. Yeah, and we'll know who hosts and all that crap by the time too. So that should be a lot of fun. I I do think uh, U.S. Open Cup. It would be lovely if the crew could actually win the U.S. Open Cup again. Just make a cup run. Yeah, that's good. I mean, it, you know what it is. I I want to I want to see more of the domestic championships and more of the the other championships available. I know the crew won that Campione's Cup or what whatever that thing was sure. that a few years ago that was real exciting. Caleb Porter still is like just is Monterey so thrilled over be? that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's a big win. It was, it was a huge win. It was nice. It I was, don't know if it's necessarily. I don't, yeah, it's not the same as the Open Cup. Let's put it that way. Open Cup would be much higher on my list of things to win. But, yeah, if they can make a run on that and go back to the O2 uh, last time they did it, it'd be great. Love to see that. So, yes, this is good. Let's see what this draw is. You'll know by the time you hear this, and we'll go from there. All right, we'll take a break. We come back. It's time to talk European Champions League, UEFA Champions League. Two big matches over the last couple of days. We'll discuss those next. It is Bone and Beam United. there you can also follow us on whatever podcast app you listen to maybe you want to hit subscribe on that whatever your podcast app allows that is where you go just search bone and beam united there as well and you will find the podcast and you'll get to listen to this a few days before it airs on the radio if that's your thing if not hey just listen to it on the radio on the fan we love that too so manchester city they got uh, a a Needed goal in that game, I feel like, against mm, Real Madrid. Should it have happened? Though? Well, that's that's the thing. Uh, they, in the the first of the two games we're going to talk about, because we'll get to the, to me, the the really cool one, the bigger one with the inner city actual rivalry, yeah. a legendary rivalry like in Champions the League. The actual, the real, the a derby. Yes. That the, was going on. Yes, the derby in Milan. We'll talk about that in a minute. But first, Manchester City, who, of course, I think, would come into this point in the season as the favorite in the Champions League of these four teams. Yeah, left. they are. They're the heavy favorites. Yeah, right. And so they get down to Real Madrid after I forget the dude's name, the big dude from uh, Bosnia for Real Madrid, right? That no, 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 no. I'm I'm flipping games around. Wrong game. I was already over to Inter. My Different bad. game. Take yes, that back. Sorry, take that back. The guy I'm talking Jekko, about. That who you're talking yes, about? Yes, Jacko. Yes, that's right. But we'll get to his goal. Vinny's goal. <sighs> Out of absolutely nothing for Real Madrid, Vinicius Jr. just 
ridiculous talent this guy oh he's one of my favorite players to watch you watch him just flanking down the left man it's i I saw by the way i saw i think it was a stat that said oh kyle walker didn't get dribbled past uh in this game and i'm like i think i saw it happen 15 times yet what is what is dribbled past even mean they said that Vinny had him in a body bag all day what i didn't i don't know who wrote that article but no, that is incorrect. I was watching it in the studio doing our show, and I would check up and say, oh, there there he goes again. Yeah. <laughs> this, this dude's good. Like, that is not a correct Vinny's stat. Good. That is Vinny. wrong. That is very wrong. Yeah, Vinicius Jr. cooking as always. I'll tell you right now, if there's and – and I've almost pulled the trigger on it a couple times. I've not done it yet. If there's a jersey I'm buying that does not involve my team or anything like that, that might be my next one. A Vinny, all that white. Might, would you get the white one? I actually would go with the purple. Okay. I like their alternate dish. I like alternate jerseys too, just mm-hmm. because it it makes people look a second time, and then yeah. they just get to see more. What of, is that? More of this brilliance in their sightline for a few more moments as they figure out, oh, it's Real Madrid jersey. Why am I staring at this dude? And then they never want to look at me again, and that's <laughs> fine. But yeah, Vinicius is just ridiculous goal out of nothing. I think you should get a Vinny Brazil jersey. <sighs> now, now we're cooking. Better that's, looking. Better looking kit. Brazil home, obviously very, very iconic with the yellow, yellow kit, blue short, or the Real Madrid all white. Because both, I'd both argue, are, are top, top, here's, top class. Here's what I'll say. There's two thoughts I have. One, on the short sleeve, I definitely would go Brazil. Long sleeve. Long sleeve is the Real Madrid. The long sleeve Beckham, basically, the, yeah. that all white that he always used to wear. And he's not the only one, but right. yes, that, that's one. Ronaldo that, with the all white yes, long sleeve there, yes, too. Yes, There's something right. about that, isn't there? Yeah, but I also feel like the Brazil jersey, you got to have blue shorts with it. Yeah. Because, I mean, it, the whole looks off if you don't have the blue shorts and the yellow top. and That, that yellow thing. they use, and I know that the crew use a good yellow as well. Like that yellow accented with the green, green and the blue, I'm, like it just it just boom, pop, really pops. Ah, so good. I'm with you. I am I am a sucker for aesthetics, and that is – I mean, that one is, to be fair, in aesthetic land, that's like lime green Lamborghini Gallardo just yeah. drives by, and you're like, my Whoa, eyeballs what hurt. What did I just watch? But it's so brilliant. Yeah. I love it. I, I don't know. Maybe my cones and rods are all, like, numbed <laughs> over, and I just need bright colors to make me enjoy something. I don't know. Anyway, yes, those are – that's a good jersey. I would get either of those jerseys. Vinicius is a dude and continues to be fun to watch – if you're again, I don't know why you're listening to this. If you're not watching these games, but if you're not, please watch him play whenever you can because yeah. he's amazing and truly one of the best players in the world. And watch Real Madrid play uh, as they continue to astonish and roll Modric and Kroos and those guys out there. I mean, <laughs> Bone, I, I have, no, I have nothing. I have nothing left. Seven years old. I have nothing left to. Tony Kroos has been around for Tony forever. Kroos, yeah, I just was just googling it the other day. I'm like, Tony Kroos has been at Real Madrid for like nine, ten years. Yeah. Right? It's beyond insane how long these guys forgot, have been out Luka there. I forgot Luka Modric has played with Real Madrid for so long that I forgot that he played for Tottenham. <laughs> I just that wasn't right. even a thought it's, in my mind. That's like so far in the past. Who even remembers that? Why even remember I it? didn't. I had no, no, I had no yeah. recollection of that. Like, well, my, yeah. I, nope. Yeah, no, in my mind, no remembrance Luka Modric was born a soccer god and then played for Real Madrid since approximately 2001 yeah. is what my yes. memory says. That's not correct at all. <laughs> But that's just what I believe in my head. Uh, yes. So Manchester City, though, I will give them credit because I won't. I know you won't. But they fought back in this game. It was not their best game, to be clear. As you said, I thought Real Madrid had the better of the play. But City found a way back with an absolutely thunderous shot from Kevin De Bruyne. It was awesome. Dude, 
again, I'm not telling anybody who's played soccer anything they don't know, but if you see a goal in soccer where the ball beats a keeper from outside the 18 and that ball does not go above knee height, you need to know that that thing got the absolute tar hit out of it. Like that is unless you're David De Gea and you get a palm to it, okay, it still goes in. Well, what I'm saying is, by and large, if you beat a keeper from outside the 18 with a ball that isn't upper 90, right. it got smacked. Yeah, like it got hit about as good as you can hit a soccer ball with your foot. And Kevin De Bruyne got every ounce of that one. And it was a brilliant shot. Just a two, two brilliant shots. Yeah. Vinny's goal was outside the 18 and basically was just there kind of screwing around. All of a sudden he just boop, into the, there we go. See you later. Brilliant goal runs the corner. Everyone's loving him. And then De Bruyne is just like, I'm going to hit this as hard as a human can hit a and soccer as ball. Good as I can hit and it. it's not going to rise above your kneecap. I don't, the physics of that just boggle my mind. It doesn't make sense. No. So anyway, brilliant two brilliant goals in this game. That's what you want in your Champions League, I think, right? If you're just a neutral watching this, you don't well, yeah, have a other dog than the, in the fact fight. that we have VAR and that oh, goal right, should right. have been ruled out. I mean, we didn't we didn't get to that. So explain the VAR issue in this one because if you're just watching like the very end of the replay, it, there wouldn't really be a VAR. Well, oh yeah. There, so right? and I guess so VAR well, and we're obviously all aware of VAR. Yeah, 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 yeah. Video either, assistant referee. You love it. You hate it. When it goes for your team, it's great. When it doesn't, it's the worst thing in the entire world. So uh, ball goes out of bounds. Ball goes into touch on the near sideline. Real Madrid player gets the ball for a split second. Okay. Gets the ball for a split second and then turns it back over. City go. And that's what starts the counterattack for Kevin De Bruyne. Now, they actually, they didn't go back and look at this. They didn't go back far enough in the video. They VAR'd it, made sure that everything was all good. But the ball was out of play in this same sequence in which Kevin De Bruyne scored the ball. Carlo Ancelotti was losing his mind after the game. Like, oh, we have VAR. Why are you not able to go back and look at this? Uh, And I fully agree. I mean, they went down. They have the sideline, like the angle, like they do on the goal line to show if the ball's over or not. Like they have the goal line technology to show like, oh, that ball is clearly over. Um, and they just they didn't go back far enough and look at it. And, I mean, that could send. That's now, we don't know what's going to happen in the second it's leg. It's one but, of the biggest goals in Champions League, to, I mean, to date, right? I mean, this is an impactful goal where you've now tied the score up in this game where aggregate score matters. And you're going back home now. Now Manchester City goes back with a 1-1 draw instead of having a one nothing deficit. That's a huge advantage to have going back to your home ground. So, yeah, that's that was, that was uh, again, VAR – in principle, is a great thing. What it always ends up doing, though, is you just you just find new things to argue about. Yeah, right. Because yeah. before it would be like maybe that doesn't even get reviewed, or maybe it wouldn't. We wouldn't even think about that. But then we'd argue about the ball that clearly crossed the line. It wasn't called a goal. Well, yeah, Not in v- this game, if, but in if general. If VAR wasn't a thing, then we would have no arguments because we wouldn't even have seen well, a replay that the ball was right. On. We probably it probably wouldn't even be noticed. But it's the fact that so then we'd have the bigger moments where we'd be like, oh my gosh, they missed that. Now we get the smaller moments where we're like, ah technically right they didn't even look at that and they should have so yeah that's certainly a question added to it real madrid of course has some kind of ridiculous blood, it's a blood pact, blood pact. Yeah, i know man pact. you have yes and so you are you rooting for blood pact now because i mean they're playing your guys oh, manchester city you hate yeah, them yeah for sure I'm yeah for real okay. madrid so you're rooting for Real madrid yeah a thousand percent team blood pact yeah sure both of us over i'm rooting for real madrid too for whatever it's worth i like Christmas. them they're, I want to. They're I wanna damn see, good, but I like them. I want to see Luka Modric and Vinny and everybody else back in a final again. That's what I want, and we got plenty more with Vinny. I don't know how many we have with Luka Modric, so I just probably wanna, not more. I want to see it. So uh, yeah, I'm rooting for that. Uh, we'll take a break. We come back. We'll look at the other 
Champions League semifinal match that I wanted to already break down earlier on. That is Inter versus AC Milan. We will talk about it next. The Derby in Milan. You are listening to Bone and Beam United. What a moment! Now back to Bone and Beam United. You can, of course, follow the podcast wherever you get podcasts. That too, something. You can do one of two things. You can follow us on Twitter at Bone Beam United, or you can subscribe to the podcast wherever you get podcasts. Just search Bone and Beam United. Add the and, I guess, on the podcast. Or don't. See what happens. Or don't. You never know what you'll get there. Uh, Let's talk about the Derby in Milan. There is a name for this. I forget what it's called. It's the Milan Derby. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. No, I think they have a name in Italy for it that is way cooler than Milan Derby, but sure. In either case, AC Milan, Inter Milan. Darby della Madonna. Yes. Madonnina. That's Madonnina. Yes, that's yeah. what I was thinking of. Okay. Or Derby, so. Darby de Milana. Yeah, whatever. That's right. Uh, so <laughs> they play this at the San Siro. Because, of course they do. Yeah, those teams both reside in the San Siro, which is, to me, I, I just want to pause here. One of my favorite architectural things in the world it's is awesome. the San Siro. Yeah. If you've never seen pictures of it, they are going to replace it. I, they're, or at they least have to, yeah. They they've have. talked about replacing it. It's an 80,000-seat stadium that has a roof over basically every seat and has these gigantic columns that I that somehow support this whole structure. I don't know how that – I don't know how the that stadium physically exists, but it's been around since 1926. Yeah. Not exactly in that design, but it has been around since the 20s. And when it is boisterous, it is loud. Well, and it, it was loud and boisterous because, again, you don't – the the these derbies between teams in the same city are always raucous. When you get one in Champions League, <laughs> I mean, you're and and just any time in Champions League, that's a huge deal. When you get one in, basically, you have two matches to decide who goes to the final of the Champions League. And there is not an Italian team left, so who represents your country? Yes, <laughs> one of you is going to represent this country in the Champions League. I, it's a it's a big deal, of course, and it's certainly something that makes this all very interesting for a number of levels beyond just regular old soccer being good. But in this game, AC Milan. Oh, I'm sorry, my phone has just decided to start. My phone, my phone decided I wanted to OK Google something. So good. Sorry about that. All right, we're back. So AC Milan and Inter Milan, they are squared off in this game. Inter got up to a two nothing lead. Very quickly. Nine minutes into the game. Yeah. Nine, Nine ten minutes minutes, in. By the way, AC Milan was the home team in this. Like, stadium was full of of Milan stuff. Like, yeah. AC Milan stuff. Yes. Yes. And then, so, yeah, that's. I'm going to call, I'm going to call AC Milan Milan and I'm going to call Inter Inter. That's the way. Yes. That's the way it typically does work. You're right. So, in either case, uh, Jekko, who we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Been around for a long time. Yeah, man. But he's just a big dude, and I big beefy man. I love that goal off of was that a corner or a set piece? I forget. I think it was a corner. But he has got his defender is like basically boxing him out. Yeah. He's a giant man. He's like a foot that feels like a foot taller than his defender, and somehow despite his defender being in between the ball, ball and the him. man, yeah. which you want to be, he somehow like got his leg around the guy and put picks a ball out of the air. Flips it towards the goal with his foot while trying to like getting fallen back because he's wrapping around this. Deal. Like it's one of the most spectacular goals I've seen. As far I mean, it doesn't have like the same 
excitement is like a bicycle kick or something like that. But from a technical difficulty it was standpoint, unbelievable. How do you do that? And the answer is these guys are all ridiculous players. I mean, that's why you watch Champions League. That's why it's fun. That's why we love these games. Every time you watch it, you're just like, oh, my God. Like, that goal and these games at this level, um, they continue to memorize. And I know in our last segment, we were talking about Vinny's goal, which was mesmerizing, and the Bruyne's goal, which was mesmerizing, and the Jekyll goal, which was mesmerizing, and then um, Milan's inability to guard a defender in the first 10 minutes of the game uh, I mean, was that, pretty mesmerizing. Yeah, I saw so this, like, this, this tie could have been done and dusted because there's a penalty called, I think, in the 15th minute, and that was for dog so as well, which would have been denial of goal-scoring opportunity. It was a penalty to enter, and they went to VAR, and they waved it off, and I thought it was pretty good because I think it was Lataro Martinez who went down. He went down pretty easy. It looked like there was some contact from the Milan defender, but, I mean, that could have been 3-0 bone in the first 15 minutes. They could this tie could have been done it could have been dead now it's two nil return leg same stadium same city inner fans will now be in full voice at the san siro it seems to me that that call which i think was correct to look back on var and wave off the penalty like that there was a little hope for AC Milan. Yeah. And now it seems like all right, you held the rest of the game, you didn't get the goal, but it's you're down two goals. Inter just did it to you this week. Why can't we do that next week? Like both of these second legs of these finals are pretty salacious and I would pay gobs of money or whatever currency to get in the building oh. to watch that next. I would have got paid gobs of money to go in the first leg of this, I would pay even more gobs to go see the second leg of this bad boy, which is going to spin around and be held here in just a few days. Yeah, this is, uh, I'm telling you, man, like seeing that high of a level of rivalry being played, those two jerseys for me, iconic, dude, they're iconic, but they're also growing up when soccer, like, it, you know, I was in high school in the late nineties and early two thousands. Mm-hmm. So these were not on TV, you didn't have like the ability to just pop in on a West Ham game right. on the Peacock or yeah. on NBC, you know, proper or USA or wherever they would put these games. That you you would only get to see maybe a big time club like a Manchester United or Real Madrid. You might get to see them once or twice a year on something like ESPN or Fox. There was like Fox Soccer mm-hmm. Channel that kind of became more of a thing later on. But it was not easy to see these teams. So my exposure to soccer team logos and and jerseys and all that was represented by the guys at my school. Typically, like I had a bunch of guys who played soccer. They would wear those jerseys after school. We had uniforms, but after school, that would be what they'd throw on or what they'd wear to practice. And I mean, the three jerseys I remember seeing as a kid outside of crew jerseys were Inter, AC Milan, and then probably Manchester United, I think, was one that I know I saw. I remember seeing a Newcastle jersey once because I thought it was cool because it was black and white. But that was it. Like, those are the ones. Yeah. But, I I mean, multiple guys at our school had Milan jerseys. Multiple guys had Inter jerseys. It was just one of those iconic looks. So now these two teams squaring off. It's it's also just – it's it's so fun to watch this as a, you know, neutral and just enjoy the atmosphere and all that. But, God, how much would it suck to be a Milan fan and just – you're like now enters up to nothing in this series and yeah in a champions league semifinal ah yeah the, it's gonna be tough work so you mentioned like kind of the nostalgia feeling that you get when you're watching these two teams i, I just got to say too like it's it's awesome to see these two teams back i mean for it seems like a decade 
they had both been dormant, you know, like AC Milan had yeah. been through their stuff. Inter Milan had been through that. Like Juventus had ruled the league and had ruled kind of Champions League for a while from the Italian side. But to see both Inter and AC Milan kind of get back to this where they're playing high level. And even, I mean, look at Napoli. They just won the league for the first time in, what, 35, oh. 40 years or uh, maybe longer than that. I don't know in the party that they had. 30, but yeah, it was 30 years. To I see believe, Italian yeah. club soccer get back to what it is, where it was at, like when I was growing up, like mid-2000s, and thinking of all those legendary Inter Milan teams and AC Milan, like Kaka and Clarence Sador running around, like all these dudes yeah. who, yeah. they were so good. And then for the last decade, I feel like since we've been doing the podcast, we haven't talked about them, right? No, like they've just, they've kind of been gone and we've talked about Juventus, but to see them back, like that also brings another sense of like, this is, this is really neat. I want to say, and Juventus, I think, went through this too. At least one of these teams, uh, if not multiple of them, had like you know controversy oh, and bankruptcy, bankruptcy, and they went down and they came back up. And Juventus had their rebrand that they did. Yeah, like all these teams in Italy, these big clubs have all had. It feels like a lot of scandal have surrounded at least Inter and AC and Juventus in various forms over the years. I remember one of these teams was owned by like the guy who was the. Run, run, ran the country and then yeah. there was like a huge scandal with him anyway the point of all this is to say it's fun to see italian soccer back on the big stage and world cup by the way two world cups missed by this country mm-hmm. this this is if you don't think you're this is champions important, in between the miss world cup right yeah miss world cups crazy right but if you don't think this is important to italian soccer right. fans i mean i know there's a lot of inside of italy you know fans from the south and the north don't necessarily get along but there's still got to be some level of pride of we have two Italian teams in the final with one of them with chance. One of them's going to be in the final. Going to have their hands full, whichever yeah. team gets there. Oh, no doubt. And that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. So we'll we'll talk about those games when the second legs happen. But uh, yeah, plenty to get to there. We will wrap it up next. We will talk about women's soccer and a little bit of Premier League. What's going on? Who's going down? Who's coming up? We'll talk about it next. You're listening to Bone and Beam United. Final segment on Bone and Beam United. There is a story in women's soccer being that we both found to be absolutely astounding. Share that with us. It's pretty unbelievable. And a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the popularity in the women's game and Arsenal and Wolfsburg playing at the Emirates and selling out 60, 65,000 people uh, over there. So when anything happens in the women's game, we're getting ready for the Women's World Cup that's going to happen this summer in Australia and New Zealand. It's pretty remarkable. So everybody knows Barcelona, correct? Very famous soccer club. Uh, well, Barcelona and their women's team in Liga F, which stands for Liga Female. Okay, <laughs> sure. Uh, I don't know what the Spanish equivalent of that is for female is, but I'm just deducing that that's uh, what that means. Right. Were you aware that Barcelona women's team, the last time they had dropped a point, which to you, if you're listening to that, you don't know what that means, they either drew or lost a game. Yeah. Now that happens constantly. Whichever team, you know, crew do it all the time. Crew yeah, lost a game last you'll hear week. That like, contextually of they were up, they were up two to one, and then lost. Dropped points. They lost, or they tied two to two. So they dropped points after being up in the 80th minute, or something like that. Or the, yeah, the last time that Barcelona women's side have dropped points, okay, was back in June of 2021. So that's nearly two years. Good Lord. Barcelona 
had won 62 consecutive Liga F games. 62 consecutive league wins. Wow. Wow. Like, I know they've got Putellis, and she won the Ballon d'Or for the female side. Like, she's remarkable. But she was out all last year. She had an ACL injury. Like Didn't matter. Didn't matter. Bone! 62 games! We talked about Arsenal going unbeaten in the Premier League as the greatest accomplishment in soccer history in 38 straight games, not losing. Yeah. Barcelona won 62 in a row. Almost doubled it up. That's, that's, That's wild. To me, that is absolutely insane. That's that's a, and I know people may say, well, that's this, the competition level in that. Who gives may not F. be the same as it is in. All right, find me another league that's that's not maybe to the level of the Premier League. Go find one where a team has won sixty-two straight games, and not drop points in sixty-two games. That's go find it for me. I'd love to see it. I mean, the most dominant teams in, like what Ajax and the Eredivisie. Like I would say yeah, that they're pretty dominant. Sure. Like what, you pick. It doesn't pick, matter. Pick, pick out your, a league. That's pick not, a league. It's never happened. Go it's never at, happened. And look, go look at MLS. There's not been any team doing that in MLS. If you want to say MLS is a vastly inferior league, like I'm just saying, all these leagues, whatever you want to talk about, it's not done. This is a remarkable thing that they've accomplished. And now the UA for the longest men's domestic league winning streak in European football is held by Benfica, who won 29 games in a row between 71 and 73. Good lord, that is unreal. Unreal. <laughs> <laughs> That's nuts. All right, so Barcelona women, hats off to you even though you lost now or you dropped points at least. I don't know if they lost or tied. But in either case, it was a streak that was going on for quite a while. Uh, let's look at uh, the races in the Premier League oh, if you'd like God. to. Get nervous there, buddy? You're uh, uh, sitting there on 63 points, Manchester United are. Just with, to uh, rip Liverpool's hearts out. Yep, Liverpool is uh, a game. Actually, Manchester United does have the game in hand, though, so that yeah, helps. Well, Liverpool, they had the game in hand on the weekend, too, and then they dropped more points against West Ham. Right. So, uh, Liverpool awesome. is on 62 points. Mm-hmm. Tottenham, probably not a factor for that no. final Champions League spot with 57 uh, but Liverpool was sitting in the Europa League spot now. Manchester United, the final Champions League spot. <laughs> they are on 63. Newcastle on 65. Still not completely guaranteed that championship, the Champions League spot, but it's looking pretty good for them, I would say. They are. They have been excellent this season, um, although last time out, not exactly the effort that they were looking for. But It was a big win for Arsenal. Yeah, huge win. Arsenal now pretty much uh, gives themselves a shot at still catching Manchester City even though they Manchester city still has the game in hand, they're only back a point Arsenal is. So it's that race is not over no, at all. No, so, it's not. And you look at city's remaining schedule and what they have. And obviously they have champions league coming up against real Madrid. That's going to be midweek. Now they do take on Everton in the road that could kind of seal Everton's faith for the relegation battle. Then you get Chelsea at home, which Chelsea have their own big problems. But on any day, like, I don't know. We'll see what happens. How big are Chelsea's problems? Their fans were chanting, we're not going down or we're staying up or whatever. (laughs) They're chanting that against, I forget who they played, Burnmouth maybe over the weekend. Whoever they were playing, they or whatever the game was, they were like the away fans. And they were chanting like, we're going to stay up. (laughs) Yeah. You're five games, four games away from the end of the season, and Chelsea's like, we we officially We've done. are not going to get relegated now. It's been a rough year for Chelsea, to say the least. So, so then City have Brighton away at the Amex, which United yeah. didn't have a good time a couple of no, weeks ago doing no. that. And then they get Brentford to wrap the, thing, wrap the season up. And then Arsenal's trot in is still, it's not the easiest in the entire world, but they get Brighton at home this weekend. 
And then another relegation battle for them. They get Nottingham Forest on the road uh, coming next weekend. And then their final decision days against Wolves, who've been playing a lot better at the minute. So yeah. we'll see. It'll be interesting. Uh, I am deathly nervous. You I, should be. I am mortified. Um, you know who else is deathly nervous uh, about every team? There's four. I'm looking at it here. I think basically four teams that are in danger of going down. I think Nottingham Forest has done a really good job of. They've resurrected themselves, have they yeah. not? Great for them. So they have 33 points. They're 16th, safe by a point. Or no, I'm sorry, safe by three points as of right now. Everton is the last team staying up. Everton or Leicester is getting relegated. Like that's. I think that's yeah. Maybe both. Maybe both. It could be. Well, so here's the thing. Everton's at 32. Leicester's at 30. They're Leicester's first team out. Leeds is at 30 as well. Both on 35 games. All these teams on 35 games. Uh, so it's it's three points separating four teams with three games to play. Yeah. Nothing to nothing to sniff at. Oh, by the way, Leeds schedule. I just want to point out this team that I've kissed, unfortunately, with the kiss of death this year. Here's their final three games. Enjoy this. <laughs> Newcastle, West Ham, and Tottenham. West nice. Ham, of course, probably the team that's safe right now, but not far above Leeds. That one is at West Ham. Leeds hosts Newcastle. Good luck with that. And then uh, they host Tottenham to close out their season. Yeah, that's an easy win, though. Who knows what <laughs> Who knows what Tottenham's going to be at that point? Uh, and finally, I got to get to this real quick before we go. Shout out to Sunderland. Black Cats, baby, getting it done. Shout out to Ahmad. Oh, your, your guy, Diallo. He is fantastic. They play Luton Town this weekend. I'm excited about that. We'll talk about it next week. Thanks for listening to Bone and Beam United.